This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right. Uh, this gentleman, I've been trying to get him on the show since he was at TMZ. <laughs> he's no longer at TMZ. He's out there in the world doing, doing amazing things, and his voice is powerful. He is a very complex human being that I just wanted to pick his brain apart. Of course, Lamont is here. Let me welcome to the show for the first time Mr. Van Lathan. Welcome. <laughs> What's yes. up? I appreciate oh. that. Uh, really What's amazing going? intro. I appreciate that. How you doing? So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad to finally be here, even though it's like virtual, digital type of deal. It's okay. Listen, however we need to come together, we, we're making it work. And, um, you know, like I've always kind of admired you standing in the gap when you were on that show and your voice on social media has also been very consistent and very powerful. And I was like, I want to know who this brother is. I also know that, you know, you had like a battle with weight at one point. So I was like, there's so many things that I wanted to talk with you about. Um, but let's talk about where we are right now in America. And uh, we just had the great Craig Hodges on who dropped some things on this show that I just was like, yeah, it's that time. Um, and Lamont has been very clear about uh, going back to sports would be a problem for us right now because we seem to have a, a trouble walking and chewing gum and we need to stay focused. And I agree with him. What are your thoughts on, on this period of time and whether this is a moment or a movement? Oh, wow. Great question. I love the way you put that. Um, <clears throat> I think that this is a movement. I, I think that uh, – Timing is divine. I think that will is of man, but timing is divine. Uh, I think that gentlemen like Dr. King and uh, and Malcolm X were delivered us delivered to us in the time that they came uh, because of divinity. And I think this particular time uh, is also a crossroads in American and world history because of the circumstances surrounding it. Uh, it was a point where not just uh, us, but society at large, had to take a pause and look at what was happening to black people and what ha has happened to black people in this country. It was a lot of, also a time when a lot of the facades of America were blown to smithereens. You couldn't believe in your safety. You couldn't believe in your mobility. You couldn't believe in the structures of the country because you had just watched all of them fail you. And you watched them fail you not over decades or over even 400 years, you watch the country descend into disarray in around six weeks. So when you're sitting back and you're seeing that happen and you're seeing the fact that it's not the fact that America uh, was a lie, it, it was an accidental lie, it was an intentional one, and then you see that man die and ask for his mother, you start to demand more from, from your country. Uh, and you start to look at people who are not demanding more for you, not as people who are ignorant, but as enemies. And the reality is that anyone who stands in the way of uh, African-American progress, black progress, they're not just ignorant. They're not apathetic. They're enemies. They are people who are for the status quo and for the heightening of their privilege and power and would sacrifice your black body to make sure that they continue to be able to do that. Uh, and when you look at them that way, you change the dynamic of how things are supposed to go in this country. I love that. Um, and you're, you're actually not actually, you are spot on. Um, as, as we move through this, you know, uh, I've, I've said that we have a window 
Lamont believes when we go back to sports, that's the time that we have. So that's June 24th. The NBA is looking to do that. Um, I think we have until November. I think we have until November to, to get – well, I think – here's what I think. If, if Joe Biden, for example, is elected, I think white America will say, oh, we've overcome, like with Obama – They'll relax. They'll go back to, like, business as usual. Look, y'all got some donations. Be happy, Spelman, Morehouse, UN, you, you know, United Negro College Fund. We, we gave, gave you a lot of money. We had to get rid of Aunt Jemima and the, and, and the cream of wheat person. Y'all got everything. Leave us the F alone. We're going back to business as usual. I think we have until November. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Van? Uh, look, this is what I will say. I- I think that if we lose steam, it'll be our fault. If they tip off in the NBA and we go, damn, the Lakers are hot again, and we stop doing what we're supposed to be doing, it'll be our fault. And to be honest with you, it might not be us who pay for it. You know what I mean? It might not be us in this moment who pays for it, right? Because a lot of people have built celebrity in this moment. A lot of people have built up platforms in this moment. There are a lot of people who weren't famous before this who are famous now, and so they might not be able to feel it because their voices have been elevated. But if we stop doing what we're doing now, we damn our children, um, and we damn people to experience this in a heightened way. Listen, if you look at white supremacy as a bully, a bully gets stronger the more you demonstrate that you can't beat the bully. So every day you come to class, right, and you get kicked in your ass or stuck in a locker, every single day the next day is going to be harder. Eventually you have to slap the bully or depower the bully or else they become like a monster. And we're in a moment right now to where I feel like if we miss here, if we stop here, forgetting about what tip-off we have and what happens in November, if we let this moment go, and we don't see substantive change in the trajectory of black lives in this country, then we've missed it, period. Like, all of the work, everything that has been done for generations, the lives that have been given, Evers and, uh, and King and all of these people, it was for weeks so that we could be powerful enough to have this moment right now that we're in. We're unified. Social media has galvanized us. We're ready. We're educated. We got a little bit more money than we've had before. This is our shot, our shot to change things in America for ourselves and our children. And if we miss it, for whatever reason, it'll be our fault. Uh, now, let me ask you You were quick. talking uh, about the bully. Hold on one second. You were talking about the, the bully. And, you know, I know you grew up as, as, a, as a chubby kid. Are you talking from experience? Are you talking from experience of being in the locker, having your ass kicked? I was too big to be in the locker, Karen. Like, you can't stuff me in the locker. <laughs> How big were you? How big were you, Van Lathan? <laughs> in the fifth grade? No, not in the fifth grade. That would be my parents. No, I think that um, okay. I was uh, okay. at, the, at the, the highest I ever got in my weight, I was around 370. Uh, yeah, but nobody picked and, on and me. And you're not a football player. I played okay. football. Yeah, I did all of that. I was a good athlete, but like nobody picked okay. on me. I didn't really deal with that. I, I was charismatic. A lot okay. of kids like me. I didn't really get picked on. Okay. But uh, I saw other kids get picked on, and I know what it's like to be in a situation. All my classmates were white, where you had to co- continuously fight for validation. So that's something that happens every day. Summer is made to get things done. Why else would the days be longer? And I get it. Who wants to take classes this time of year? 
you do, especially in this time, because you're tenacious and you know that working hard will pay off for the rest of the year, heck, the rest of your life. Be your best, most tenacious self this summer. Get to work on earning your degree at Ashford University. At Ashford University, your classroom goes with you. The classes are built for summer funds. You can learn from your patio, the beach, anywhere you are. Ashford University's expert faculty teaches real-world skills, drawing on their years of real-world experience. And you can pursue your bachelor's and master's degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, and psychology. And best of all, Ashford's programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule that you can take online in the sun. With 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to help achieve your goals. Be your best, your most tenacious self this summer. Apply to Ashford University today. There's no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Karen. That's ashford.edu slash Karen. Ashford.edu slash Karen. Not all programs are available in all states. Where did you grow up? Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Wow. Wow. I mean, you think about that being the, the South, the deep South. And, and you're telling me that you, you grew up in the deep South in a, in a very white environment in school. But in your home, I'm sure that there was something else because it seems like you were educated, like about blackness in your home. Just just how you move in the world. I feel like there was there was some lessons being taught there. You didn't just go to the school with the white kids and forget who you were. Well, no, actually, it's an interesting situation about why all my classmates were white. Uh, I was in the gifted program. So I went to black schools. Like, I went to McKinley High School, the, the, one of the oldest historically black high schools in Louisiana. Went to McKinley Middle Magnet. Uh, same thing right there in South Baton Rouge, uh, in the bottom where my mom and them was from. But what they do in Louisiana is a way to segregate you is like when I was in the fourth grade, I tested into the gifted program. And when you get in there, uh, even that is like coded, right? Now, all the white parents, they know that there are all types of programs to where there's only 12 kids in the class and all of that stuff. So they gear up and they get those kids into those things. But for me, I had to like blow away the leap test, right? The standardized test. And I blew away the leap test and they go, oh, wow, he's one of the special ones. And then they put me in these classes. And the reason why I have such a grasp of all of this stuff is because my mother primarily, uh, my mother actually, she told me a story. And it's very funny that we're talking about this. My mother told me a story before my first day of gifted classes. She said, I want, you to, I want to tell you what happened. It's a true story. So I want to tell you what happened. Um, like the day that that pupil appraisal came you, came and you you qualified for to get the program. She's like, I was talking to one of your teachers, and she says I was talking to one of your teachers. I was talking to my teachers, and, and some kind of way we got into a, a a conversation about why my sister is so light skinned. I remember telling this teacher, well, you know, way back in the day, you know, black people are so light skinned because way back in the day we were intermingled through slavery and stuff like that. So my father has told me that, you know, a couple generations ago, there were some white people in my family, and that's why you get the, a lot of the colors that you get uh, in, in with black people down here in the South. Now I'm just talking, ignorant thing to say, but I'm like a kid, right? 
And the teacher goes back. She has a conversation with my mother. And she goes, well, her and my mom. She goes, well, I hear that Van has some white people in his family. And my mother goes, yeah, on his father's side, a couple of generations back, like that type of shit. And then she goes, well, that would explain the leak test stuff. That's a true thing. And my, my mother says to me, my mother goes, I want you to understand something. She goes, you have beautiful lips. You have an amazing nose. You have great skin. You look like a black king. In your mind, it's beautiful. Like, you are enough. There is nothing about you that is less than anybody that's in your class. And she, says, she said, more than that, I want you to understand that you are the original man. And what you have meant to the world is more than any of your classmates could understand. And when you walk in there, you walk in their royalty, you walk out of their royalty. If they don't understand why you're, not, why you're handsome, if they don't understand why you're smart, if they don't understand why you're, why you're you, fuck them. And my blackness was not seen as something that I had to compensate for. It is what it's always been and what it always will be, a weapon uh, against hate and ignorance, a pure weapon. And that weapon was given to me by my mother, who, by the way, shed tears over that conversation with that lady. She never forgets it. If you get her in the room, she'll tell that story. Uh, But she never wanted me to feel like I had to prove myself to anyone else. If anything, <laughs> I felt like they needed to prove themselves to me. Mm. Van Lathan is here, 866-801-8255. Lamont King is here as well, king of all things funny, Mr. Lamont King. Yeah, so I, I, got, a, I got a question. So just watching you, you know, loosely over the years, I feel like um, a turning point, at least in my opinion, a turning point, was your encounter with Kanye. Um, So my question is, we talk about distractions from the movement, sports being one of them, but a lot of times in these conversations, music gets overlooked. Do you think we can go back to the way things were once all of this is over with regards to music and the content that our favorite artists, and and not even the favorite artists, that, that these machines, these labels, these radio stations, have been brainwashing us with mm. over the last few years. Do you, do you feel it's time to finally address that? It's going to be hard, but it is. It's going to really be hard, man. Because, um, like, I don't know where I, how I feel about it. Like, I'm 40 now, so I'm getting older, right? I mean, getting older, listening to some of the music, it hits me different. It hits right. me different because, you know, when I was 25, I could just be, you know, rocking, be like, ah, kill a nigga, kill a nigga, stab him. Right. Cut his throat. Ah, ah, now ah. And then you just, feel some kind of now, way. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm listening to him. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, why we got to kill him? Why, why we can't, can we talk to him? Like, well, like, what? Right. Like, I'm not, like, I'm now it's different. And I don't know if that's happening because I'm getting older or if that's happening because of what I'm seeing. But there's one thing that we're definitely going to have to address. And this is going to make me the most unpopular guy with a lot of my friends. We have got to address the disrespect of women in some of this music. Mm -hmm. I like to have fun. Everybody likes to have fun. Everybody likes to, to, to party and jam. And I know that it's not all 
as insidious as it seems. I'm actually not even saying that. I'm not going to make any excuses. We have to, and this happens every generation. I feel like C. Dolores Tucker. I feel like Reverend Calvin, Calvin Butler. But this <laughs> every generation. But we got to cool it on that. Because I don't think the sisters are going for it. No, I mean, they're not going to take this type of disrespect and misogyny anymore. They're not. Like, we got to cool it. We really have to. So I think that's one thing. If we're going to be a unified culture, mm-hmm. some of this music, and it's not going to be a popular thing to do, but some of this music, some of this the stuff that we're consuming, we're going to have to look at it with a more critical eye. But let's look at really how we got here, because I grew up in the era in the 80s, Public Enemy, and, and there was, you know, Poor Righteous Teachers, and there was t- Tribe Called Quest, and there were all all of these very positive, you know, Queen Latifah, MC, I mean, there were, you know, rage, there were women and men, and they were talking about empowerment, and then commercialism came into play, and there were a couple other things with Cop Killer and After Police and all of that going on on the West Coast, but this gangster misogyny seems to me to have been injected into our psyche. It wasn't something that came naturally out of who we are. And so I, I think we need to also have that conversation about how how it got funded, how it got pushed out, how certain things get bleeped on the air, other things do not. Right. You know, so so mm-hmm. why why is the K word get bleeped in a Michael Jackson song? But you can hear all manner of the N word, all manner of the B word, all manner of all kinds of disrespect that never get bleeped. Mm-hmm. I think we need to deal with that. And 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 once it's because music, we we were talking about Schoolhouse Rock, and 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 Blackish, and how they use music to to give you messages, music to teach you. Over the drum beat is how we communicated when we were in bondage. That drum, I went when I went to Ghana, went to the Shanti castle and they were talking about how you could hear the drum 11 miles away and different beats gave you messages about whether we're going to gather whether we're going to beat is so much power that that those words which become flesh over that beat it's not i think it's not an accident that because if you can rip apart the men and the women in our community you can do anything to us mm-hmm. and that's what has happened so I I I think you're you're right, but I also think we need to address the origin of that because I don't think that comes out of our soul to have this no. energy towards one another. No, I, I agree. Look, I, look, and I'm not. I'm definitely because people going because people going. I'm definitely not playing holier than now. My favorite record of all time, my favorite album of all time is Juvenile 400 Degrees, <laughs> and it, it, you know what I mean. And I'm gonna probably when I run later. This is something for all of us to come together me, everybody else to come together and kind of deal with. It's weird that you said what you just said because, you know, when I, when I was going through my mental health thing earlier, uh, I had a little bit of a breakdown during the whole COVID thing. And chanting is one of the things, like positive affirmations and chanting is one of the things that, like, a therapist would tell you to do is one of the exercises. And I think how many things that I've chanted because, repetition. yeah, just repetition over and over and over and over in my head, and it's, it's got to have some sort of effect, and we have to kind of be up on that. Talk about mental health and also talk about your, your running and the weight, because I, I, I struggle with it. I know a lot of our listeners, I know a lot of us, COVID-19 with the underlying conditions, the biggest underlying condition I think is obesity. 
uh, because that gives us the diabetes, the, the, the heart, you know, the high blood pressure, the heart problems, uh, you know, all of the all of the things that we seem to suffer from uh, starts with that extra weight. What was the catalyst for you to, to lose the 370 pounds or the two uh, the 100 and something pounds that you ended up losing? Hmm. Uh, I just had a vision of who I wanted to be and um, just wanted to learn the lessons from the community that surrounded me. Right. Like there's just a certain point where I come from and not necessarily in Baton Rouge or even in South Baton Rouge, but just in the family and friend group that I have where it starts to be accepted that people are going to go through with these completely preventable health problems. Right. It's going to be, Oh, she's getting a little older. She got sugar. Oh, you got high blood pressure. Oh, all of these things are preventable. And the attack against black bodies is a multi-front war. It's not just the police. It's in the supermarket. It's on the TV. Uh, you know, it's in the doctor's office. It's with your mind. All of these things are. So if I'm going to be a comprehensive man, I have to at least attempt to be present and be here. And all of the brothers and sisters that want to be out here, uh, and be engaged, you're going to need the cardiovascular energy to be engaged. You're going to be able to need to deal with stress better, right? You got to sleep, rest your body in order to be your best self the next day. So for me, I just wanted to have the energy to be doing what it is that I'm doing. Um, plus, when I moved to L.A., just got to be honest with you, they weren't really going for that out here. In Louisiana, you can get away from it. They get you a date or two. In L.A., it really wasn't happening. Like, they like... In L.A., they exercise for fun. When we yeah. have fun in Louisiana, we sit around, we <laughs> talk to Madden, it's a crawfish boil. Like, people were asking me, like, hey, Saturday morning, you want to get up and go for a hike? I'm like, no, I don't want to walk up a hill for fun. What you talking about? But, <laughs> so in order to kind of do that, uh, I, I, I wanted to be in shape, and I just wanted to be, I wanted to be around and available. And also, you know, my father has congestive heart failure, so for me, Working out a little bit more, being a little bit more active was a part of uh, of a prescription of my life. Uh, as far as mental health was concerned, or is concerned, that is a that is an ongoing struggle with me. Like I have an anxiety disorder, so uh, it, for me, the 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 kind of things that it, that infect my mind and make me feel as if I have to do something and and I and I have to. Uh, to push forward and help people that also sometimes like it weighs me down in terms of like what I'm up against and I can't go anywhere and I'll have panic attacks. And I think when I, when I first got in, in COVID, you know, I, they were telling you to go outside. So I couldn't run. Um, I couldn't play basketball and get any of this stuff out of me. You couldn't really go and talk to people as much. Uh, and it made me sit with my thoughts. And if you have to sit with thoughts that are infected for too long, and you don't have therapy, you don't have an outlet for those things, uh, the infection will spread across your whole body. And before I knew it, I, went, I think I went three weeks, mm -hmm. I didn't sleep at all, like literally, maybe 30 minutes of sleep a night for like three weeks, and that was really debilitating. But, uh, you know, you come out of it. You got good woman, you got uh, good friends, you got good therapists, and and you work you work on yourself and you, you come out of it. Mm. Yeah. I just want people to sit with that for a minute because I know that there's there are folk out there, you know, we and we unfortunately as black folk, first of all, they don't think we have pain. 
right? So the medical industry, they think when we come in with, with ailments that we're, we're over-exaggerating or we're, we're not really telling the truth, then we can't feel pain, and that goes back to bondage. But we also, in, in our own community, we teach our boys to suck it up, you know? Yeah. Men don't cry. We, you're a man, you punch him in the chest, you know? Uh, women have to just suck it up, and we have been sucking it up for so long that it's literally killing us. So we have outside forces, inside forces created from the outside forces. And it's just one big ball of stress. And so I'm, I'm grateful for you and Charlemagne and all of the black men that are talking about mental health um, and, and getting help because I think it has given people relief because y'all, y- y'all are brothers, you know, and y'all, y'all represent. And, and I think it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I, I just want to say thank you for that because mm. I know you might have freed somebody today from feeling like they have to be tough, whatever that means. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. It, 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 it makes sense that we feel that way, right? You know, during slavery and during our sort of initial existence here in this country, you had to be tough. It was only the strong survive. You couldn't show any weakness, you know? Then you get into a situation where, uh, any weakness uh, is taken advantage of by your oppressor. And so after a while, hypermasculinity and seeming impervious to pain um, is the prescription that we have for dealing, what it is that, dealing with what it is that we're dealing with. But that's just not the way that it goes because somebody gets that pain. Pain is real. Somebody gets it. Either you're going to give it to your woman, you're going to give it to your children, you're going to give it to the other people in your community. If you don't deal with your pain, you're going to box it up and gift it to somebody else. Somebody's going to get it. It's not just going to go away. Mm. I think we've told ourselves that for too long. So when you're sad, cry. When you're feeling in pain, cry. When you're angry, be angry. Deal with your emotions. Sit with them. Deal with them. Um, And talk to other people that might be dealing with the same things because if not, they're going to manifest themselves in ways that are toxic and hurtful to other people, and that's kind of what we're trying to stop. Um, I got my last question. So you you got notoriety from a specific platform. You want to show that we all watch, and we always have mm-hmm. this conversation, especially now, about building black media platforms. Now, since you left, do you have plans to basically uh, duplicate or recreate that with the knowledge that you gained from being there? Oh, I don't have any interest in doing anything that's like TMZ. Well, um, not like it, but with you know. You know what? Well, well no, but but let stay there for a second. Wait, stay there for a second, though. Hold on, Lamont. Why not? And I, I, I why not, Van? Uh, uh, I don't see it as useful. Um, uh, I, I don't see it as a. So I, I see it as like, you know, it's empty calories. Listen, I get it. I get why people are 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 interested in that. And I was there for a long time, and. They take their news breaking and their news gathering um, in whatever ways that they may do it. They take it very, very seriously, and they do it with integrity. Um, you know, they try to put out news that they feel like is, is truthful. Now, I will say this. Any place you go, any time, you're going to be beholden to the people that hold the pen and are writing the stories. So if you, if you feel like you see a slant somewhere, you probably do see one. Um, and that just comes from people's perspective on how they synthesize the information that they're getting. Uh, and 
But one thing is I no longer want it to be, uh, or I'm glad that I'm not responsible for somebody else's take on something anymore, especially when I have so much other things to say. But more importantly than that, it's, just, it's not necessary. It's not real. It's not useful news. It's not, it's like, I get it that people are like infatuated with certain uh, notions of celebrity news and certain issues that, that, that celebrities get into, but who fucking cares? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, like who really gives a shit? Now, every once in a while, you stumble upon a story or you do a story that really has real impact. Now, I was a part of some stories like that, you know, Ray Rice and things like that, that actually got things changed uh, in situations. But, like, other than that, that's just distracting, you know. And the difference in that being a distraction, because we talk about the fact that the, that the NBA is a distraction, right, or anything else is a distraction. Like, those things don't hurt anybody, though. You see what I'm saying? Like, like the NBA really or other distractions that we have really, they don't hurt anyone. As a matter of fact, they provide a bunch of jobs. They make people feel inspired. Some things that are distractions hurt people. They ruin lives and they sensationalize things and stuff like that. So whereas I don't begrudge anyone that that's their job, especially not at, over there because I still have tons of friends over there. I never want to do it again or anything like it. And I won't do anything like it again. I'm not going to be even in a situation ever where I'm going to have to give a damn like who's having sex with him. It's just not for me. Well, I was specifically referring uh, uh, to building a media platform under your brand that you mm. that you built and that it's identifiable. Now that I'm down for. And so we had so uh, that in terms, but you, even that though. I'm talking about real, I feel what you mean, brother. I'm talking about real thought-provoking and the most important word, nutritious, entertaining content. Nutritious, entertaining content. It's not like things that involve celebrities don't sometimes bleed over into real conversations that need to be had, but as far as their daily goings-on, no, that's not for me. But, yeah, I, I certainly want to have, uh, my thumbprint on, on media in a way that reflects my voice. Higher Learning is your podcast, Higher Learning with Van Lathan, right? Higher Learning mm-hmm. and Rachel Lindsay. Uh, you yes. can get that any place, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, any place that uh, you can get your your uh, podcast. So you are actually doing it. And uh, I'm glad that you said it. That was a great question, Lamont. Uh, I love this. Uh, will you come back? Sir, will you come back? Will you sit with us more frequently? Check in. Uh, anytime, man. Like any anytime y'all need me. It's just crazy because like I, I never we never got to coordinate it because it's always like you guys are in New York and I'm out here. Um, but yeah, anytime, man. I, I really appreciate what you guys do. I love I love the show. I love I love the discourse and the talk. And I love also I love also that everybody cares what Karen thinks of them. Everyone, you talk to people, and I'm telling you, it's, it's really like everyone is like, "Yo, well, I talked to Karen Hunter about this. This is what Karen. I was on Karen Hunter's show, and she said your your opinion of people and your opinion of like their personality, it matters to them. I'm telling you. Oh, really? Okay. Don't uh, I don't know what to do with that, but Karen. I. I don't be shocked, Karen. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. Here's what I'm going to say, Van Lathan. I like you. 
I like you a lot. Uh, I've liked you for a while from afar, and now I got to see you up close, and everything that I thought about you is absolutely true, so I feel like I'm a good judge of character uh, sometimes, but this time I'm right. So thank you for being here, and I definitely want to have you back. That That's weird. I got to process that now. But uh, Van Lathan, follow him. Check out Higher